What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend, Matt Hess. Matt is back. We're excited. What's up, Matt? Bant. Matt is back in a named shirt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like that, that, like that ACDC thing. Yeah, that, you came in yeah. hard. That was Woo! Good. Yeah. I heard a church one time. Bringing the energy. I heard a church one time. They did a ACDC song for Easter. Was it Ed Young? No. At Young's Church? Why are you naming names, man? Well, because he's, you know... He did the basketball court thing. Well, and he's also... They're also like... uh, He's been all over Twitter because they're doing a helicopter egg drop. I kind of want to fly to Texas for it. It sounds pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, I've I've flown in helicopters before, but my experience was never exciting. It wasn't an egg (laughs) drop. You you dropped out of the helicopter. Yeah, on ropes. (laughs) On ropes. (laughs) That's hilarious, man. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's Easter. It is. Well, it's going to be after Easter by the time people listen to this episode. Yesterday was Easter. Oh, man. Wasn't yesterday awesome? What a a great Easter celebration. Praise God for what he did yesterday. (laughs) Well, by faith, we believe he's going to do something. Yes, we do. We believe people people got saved yesterday. Yes. I feel like I'm in the Matrix right now. Wow. <laughs> hey, man, I didn't even tell you this off the off the uh, air, but, you know, this is really cool, man. I, I've been doing a lot of traveling lately, and everywhere I've gone, this is no lie, uh, I've had people from, let's see, Alberta, so like the Calgary area, Vancouver, Toronto, obviously, Cincinnati, Columbus, Everywhere I go, people will say, man, we're, we love the podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. Isn't that cool? That is cool. Strangers I've never met. And they said, man, we listen to the podcast all the time. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we met so, uh, met a guy uh, at the Send Gathering yeah. uh, from Montreal that was, and he was, uh, he told me, he said, you don't know me, but I know, I know a whole lot about your life. <laughs> I was wow. like, yeah, that is kind of weird. I never thought about that before. So He's like, and I have your wallet in my room. <laughs> <laughs> he's like done background research and everything on you no i don't think so i think he just listens to the podcast so he's just a fan he's a fan of church planting podcasts and church planting yes well uh i i stopped somewhere in the middle of my intro because matt did an acdc cover so <laughs> sorry i won't do it no more you guys are listening to in the trenches a podcast by the everyday church planner for the everyday church planner so whether you're a lead church planner or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and proclaim the kingdom of God. Mm. Um, and we're going to be talking about one of, uh, I think, our more favorite. That's more favorite. Is that a is that proper grammar? Multiplication. Is more favorite um, correct grammar? You're I don't asking think it me? Is. Yeah, that's true. Hey, did you guys, you went to school in Texas? I did. Did you guys do the Shirley method for grammar? Did you ever hear that? No, the we Shirley did method? phonics. Phonics. I went to a private school. Hook it on phonics. Working for me. <laughs> you yeah. Do you ever hear Brian Regan do that? No. Hook it on phonics. <laughs> working for me. He's like a Caribbean, like a, a Jamaican guy. I, I apologize to all our Caribbean <laughs> all listeners. All of our Jamaican listeners. Um, no, man. Uh, well, the reason I was asking that is because Erica's got an aunt. And her name is uh, Shirley something. I don't remember. And um, she created this whole system for grammar called the Shirley method. I think it's her mainly. Created yeah. It? yeah huh? It's like it was we, we used it in Oklahoma. It apparently didn't work well for me. Um, but but we, yeah, but yeah, but uh, but like it's I think it's all throughout the South and Midwest. But shout out Shirley method. Shout out Aunt Shirley. I've never heard I wonder of if she Shirley. listens to the, to the podcast. I. I don't know. Does she, does she is she a fan of church planting? <laughs> I don't even know her. 
<laughs> so I don't know. So I'm going to go with probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance that Aunt Shirley listens. Um, we're going to be talking about multiplication, planting churches that plant churches. Yeah. Um, yes. I, so one of the things I was thinking about as I was thinking through uh, this episode and, and talking about this topic this morning is that uh, this is obviously, a, you know, we're not the first people to ever talk about this topic and there have been entire books written on this topic, and yet we're still largely very bad at it as a whole in the church in you know, North America. Like, not very many churches are planting, multiplying churches. Yeah. Uh, some churches will plant a church uh, or plant daughter churches, but, I mean, even fewer churches are planting churches that then go on to plant churches. Uh, so, you know, in, in other words, reaching multiple generations. It's just not happening very often. Um, and so I think that's why we need to keep talking about it. Yes. Did something happen? <laughs> so our, our, our episode prep work is, is extremely rigorous. It is. And, um, I, I, I labor for hours on the prep work. Do you? Um, but, uh, but Jared, Jared usually tells what's our, me. What's the episode we're recording after this one? What's the, do you know what uh, topic it is? Addition. We're going to talk about multiplication. <laughs> and that, <laughs> next week, next episode, Matt we're going to talk about. did not do next, a second of preparation. Next episode, for we're going to talk about addition. You didn't do a second of preparation <laughs> for this. But no, I, I didn't even know we were talking about multiplication until this morning. Of course, we talk about it all the time. But then I remembered I had I, I had my notes on a on a breakout session I did recently. Well, to church planners about multiplication. Well, isn't that just providential? God is sovereign. <laughs> so you were saying. We don't talk. We don't. We oh, talk a lot about it, but not many churches it, are doing it. Well, we're not very good at it. No, like that's true. so. For all of our talk about it, for all the books we've got, for all the podcasts out there, for all the sermons that you hear on it, and all the exhortations of we need to do this, we're still not doing a very good yeah. job of it. So I think we need to continue to talk about it and continue to emphasize it until we start doing a good job of it. It's like yeah. the out of shape guy or gal that tries to give you advice at the gym. Mm. How That's about true. those? How about those people? Are, but the confidence—the confidence in those people—are you saying that we're the out of shape people? Trying <laughs> yeah, to like give like advice? the church in North America, we're like the out of shape people talking about talking about multiplication. We don't know how to do it. It's we, like me trying to go up to an NBA basketball player and tell him how to dunk. So you got to just get lift. That's your problem. You're not. You're not like. You're not using your calf muscles enough. Mm, yeah. That, <laughs> that's what you could say. I could say that. Yeah, I could say that. <laughs> all right addition so, next episode multiplication this yeah one. so matt what i wanted to do kind of to start yeah, off man. talking about this was ask you to maybe share with the listeners the story of how god gave you the vision for the fellowships network and how you guys at fellowship pickering were able to early on plant two churches and you're in the process of, of planting several more uh, we've got uh, several church planting residents in the pipeline right yeah. now so why don't you just share a little bit about how god gave you that vision and and what some what are some of the things that you did that enabled you guys to be able to plant early? I think you know I'll kind of start with the vision piece that you asked about. You know, the um, when we came here, it was just our family, and so we you know we started fellowship Pickering, and uh, through God's grace, people started getting saved and discipled, and and um, you know the best way we knew how to disciple at the time, and all those things, and. Um, Early on, we were just like, you know what, this, the goal here can't be to be this big mega m machine, you know, it can't be this big church. And 
I think for us, when we looked across the region, you know, of the eastern side of the city, you know, you're looking at a couple million people. And I, I just remember having this epiphany one one night, like, so the Average Size Church in Toronto is like 40 people, I think, um, and maybe a little less. For Canada, it's 40 to 50. And I remember thinking, um, we had a little, we had like 160 something at the service. And I thought, man, we're really crushing it, you know? And, um, and everybody was telling us that too, you know? And so I had this epiphany, like, there's 2 million people in this region, mm. seven and a half across the city. We were looking at statistics the other day. We're projected to be almost 10 million people in this city by like wow. 2030. Mm. Insane yep. growth right now. And I was thinking, what is my little church of 160 going to do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so we thought, we got to start churches. You know, and that's really where it began. Um, and I've always loved leadership. And I've always, I, I think so much of church planning involves, uh, is centered around the heart of the leadership team and, and who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they want to take territory. You know, and they're apostolically bent. You've got to have an apostolic type on that team, man. Mm-hmm. He's got to be the driving force. He's got to be the vision guy, all that kind of stuff. And so that's why the, the network started, mm-hmm. you know, that very early on, probably before we even launched. Um, well, it was before we even launched. I mean, our first preview service in April 28th of 2013, you know, we stood up and said, um, we're going to plant 12 churches in the next decade. Yep. And we want to ask you to help us. And so it's been part of the vision from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. People ask me all the time, like, why 12? Like, why did it's not. It's not, you know, like some magic number. I was just, again, I believe it. church planning is so much around the leader. Mm-hmm. And um, I was reading through the ministry of Christ with the, the apostles. And, you know, I thought, man, and I started, I started, I felt like the Lord said, start to pray for these 12 men, you know, mm-hmm. start to pray for these 12 leaders. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the 12 comes from, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's how we got started, you know? And I just, the, the, the region had a huge deal, had a huge you know, role in all this thinking. Um, what, do you, be, what do you mean by that? Well, because, you you know, Pickering's 100,000 people, Ajax 125,000, Whippy's 165,000. And these are all, by the way, these are all kind of like suburbs yeah. of the greater Toronto area that Matt's naming. Yeah, so Pickering's like 25 minutes from downtown Toronto on the East End. You know, I mean, we can get to our downtown region. Our second church plant is considered to be in our downtown region, mm-hmm. although it's in Scarborough, Toronto proper. But, you know, like in Scarborough, it's hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I looked at the region, I thought, man, we got we to gotta start multiple churches around mm-hmm. this area. Yep. Um, it, it's, it's crazy to think like somebody from, you know, as far east out, like in Clarington is going to drive all the way into like Pickering or even Toronto. I mean, people mm-hmm. do it, but like what if they were right there? Yeah. And then, of course, the scriptures tell us to do this. Yep. That, I see it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so that's why. You know, that's 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 why this vision has started. Where do you see it in the Bible? Well, I see it all through the book of Acts. Okay. You know, I yeah. mean, you, you see you see, you see the heart when, when Christ scatters, when mm-hmm. he tells them to go forth, Acts 1-8, you know. Uh, I always start in Acts 1-8, the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there's hubs or multiplication centers that can promote that and push church plants out. Mm-hmm. And I we're trying to get that strategy going in the city. Yep. But I see it in scripture that healthy things reproduce. Mm-hmm. We that's God's that's God's design. Yeah. You know, from human beings to animals to trees to plants, everything. I, I think it's I think healthy churches should be 
reproducing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that you, you said that, um, you know, that, that stuck out to me and it's something that I've talked about before was your very first preview service. You started talking about the big vision, right? Mm-hmm. Which was, it was this bigger than just here. This is just the beginning. We want to start 12 churches in 10 years. And you know, one of the things that I think attracts leaders, like if you want to develop leaders and if you want to send out leaders, then you need to have a, a vision that's bigger than yourself. Yeah. You know, leaders are attracted to big visions. Uh, I know that the reason I'm here Mm. And doing what I'm doing is because of that vision that God gave you. Yeah. Because when I came up on my first vision trip by myself and I sat down at a, it was a Greek restaurant. Thai. That was Greek. Greek. That was the second vision trip. Oh, you, the first Jen, one. Yeah. You took me and Jen and it was like a giant snowstorm and we were literally yes. the only people on the road and we yeah. went to a Thai restaurant. For, yeah, that's for right. Lunch. So, the, fir- the first one, you guys weren't married yet. No, we weren't married. And, it was just me by myself. Yep. And you, you know, I went to, I attended your uh, service at Fellowship Picnic. Yeah. This was before Case Savan had yep. started Rouge Park. So you guys were like a new church plant. Brand new. Um, and we went uh, to Mr. Greek in Scarborough. I remember it now. Yeah. It was like, cause you guys launched in, when in 2013? October. Yeah. And I came in like February of 14. Yeah. Uh, on that venture. So you guys had just launched, but yeah. you were talking about this vision. I just remember thinking like, here's the, you know, this is a brand new church plant. You know, they had, you guys probably had like, I don't know, 50 people or something there. Yeah. yeah. And this guy's talking about like, I'm going to, you know, start 12 churches in 10 years. And I was yeah. just like, that is cool. Like yeah. that's, that's something I could be a part of. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's ultimately what drew me to, mm-hmm. to come up here and, and work with you. Yeah, so. man. Well, we're so glad God brought you for sure. You and Jen and, you know, vision is a vision is everything. Yep. I mean, you know, Bible says that without vision, pe- the people will, will perish. And mm-hmm. I mean, like your, your people have to know uh, where you're going, what you're doing. Leaders have to know what we're doing. They got to know the game plan. They got to know the big picture. Our mission statement for the Fellowships Network is to help write new stories of kingdom expansion. Yep. That's what church planting is. You know, we're expanding the kingdom of God. It's just, it's what my heart bleeds. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that church planting is about going into a place where there is not a kingdom outpost. Yep. And throwing down that flag, man, and saying the kingdom of God is here. Amen. And we are here to proclaim the gospel. We're here to proclaim the exclusivity of Christ. And um, and yeah, I love that. I, I love to see uh, that vision of the kingdom's manifestation mm-hmm. in the physical. And I love it, you know. Right. And, and I mean, like, here's the thing about vision. What you said is so key, and our listeners need to really hear that. If your vision is not big enough for other leaders to join in, like then you have to ask, because we're talking about multiplication. So many churches will say to me, I want to multiply, I want to multiply. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have space for that? Yeah. Do you have, do you have not, not physical space, don't misunderstand me, not a building. Um, do, do you have uh, margin or room in your vision for, for new leaders to come? Mm-hmm. Maybe stronger leaders than you, you yep. know? It's like, and we could talk about all the reasons, I'm sure we will, about why churches don't multiply. But one of the biggest reasons why churches don't multiply is because the pride in a leader's heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Because, I mean, if, you, if you're going to plan with churches, you're going to plan churches, you're going to be a church planning church, man. You're going to attract a lot of type A, um, go get them entrepreneurial mm-hmm. type leaders. Mm-hmm. And if that intimidates you, because you got to yeah. be the. You got to have your thumb on everything. You got to have your thumb on everything and you got to be the coolest guy. And yeah. if you're not, you know. Yeah, guys like me are repelled by situations where there's a leader that wants to have his thumb on everything. Yeah. Like I would never go to a situation like that yeah. because I, I just, I would feel, uh, I would feel neutered. Restricted. Yeah. Ne- well, I mm, wasn't going to say neutered. <laughs> <laughs> that was, 
You, <laughs> you took that a little far. <laughs> you would feel neutered. Yeah, I mean, man. Well, I technically, you would. I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, think about how your dog feels next time. Uh, <laughs> Could get him neutered. No, but it's true. I mean, you got to, you, you know, I always think of, you know, we're always looking for these great leaders. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they go do other things because our vision is, you know, it's, it's kind of built for us. Yeah. And we can't. We can't, yep. we don't want other people coming in because it's kind of our show or our thing or whatever it might be. It takes a lot of humility mm-hmm. to do this stuff. It does. So Fellowship Pickering started two churches within the first like three years of its existence. Yeah. And then, and, uh, you know, poised to plant some more. And actually, uh, right now, poised to start its first granddaughter church. Yeah. Willing with uh, one of the residents. This was mm-hmm. Kate, this with Case of Anne. So um, talk to me a little bit about like how, how that happened. You know, like, because that's rare you yeah. know, for churches to multiply that early on. Well, I, I think um, vision, again, vision, vision, vision. Like I was at a conference one time and a guy said, when can you stop talking about vision for like multiplication? When do you just do it? And I said, never, mm. not, you don't ever stop talking about it. You talk about it in life groups. You talk about it in discipleship meetings. You talk about it on Sunday mornings. You talk about it all the time um, because people forget, mm-hmm. you know, like in our, our staff meetings at Fellowship Pickering, you know, it's like um, every time we think our, our people are, uh, they're listening, you know, we're changing up how we do yeah. announcements or whatever, you know. How discouraging is it when you get done doing an announcement and then you get down off the platform or wherever it is you meet and you're in your little fellowship time and somebody comes up to you and says, now what about this thing going on that I've heard about and you just now announced it mm-hmm. and you just now talked about it? It's like, wow, you don't listen. <laughs> You know, but then think about us. Like, we don't listen. We don't listen to the Word. We don't listen to God's promises. So we got to be reminded constantly of the vision. So we just bang bang that drum early and often. Mm -hmm. The second thing that we really did was pray. And I know people say, oh, that, you know, that sounds spiritual. But it really is. It's it's all we have, you know. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first week we arrived in the summer of 2012, we felt led to go down into the Rouge Park area. And we began to pray that God would raise up a leader that would lead our second church in that region. And that was in the July of 2012. We launched in October, 2013. Case Van came to us about nine months after we launched. And I asked Case Van, man, where, where, where are you from and where do you live and stuff? He lived 10, less than 10 minutes from where we were prayer walking mm. that summer. Yeah. God answered that prayer. Um, you know, so it, it, it's, it's through prayer. It's, um, it's understanding you're never too small to multiply. Mm-hmm. I see, uh, I was at a, I've, heard, I've said this story multiple times, but I'll say it again. I was at a conference one time and a guy told me, we're going to multiply and get to 700. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and the reality of it is, is churches like that don't multiply. Yeah. Because they think that w- what they've been deceived by the enemy, they, mm-hmm. they've, they've thought that they've, it's really buying into the world system. Mm-hmm. It's, it, because if you're a business, when do you start another business? No. When you got when, when do you franchise? When you have enough hype and momentum and da 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 da, the kingdom is upside down. It doesn't work like this world. Yeah. So, you, I don't. In my opinion, you're. When I say you're never too small to multiply, mm-hmm. yeah, don't be silly. I mean, if you got if you're running twenty people and you're on life support, I don't think that's the best time to go start a new church. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you take ten of those people no. and say let's start a core team. No. You know, so I'm not I'm not advocating for maybe that. Maybe you relaunch. Yeah, maybe you relaunch. Point. or do a revitalization mm-hmm. or something but mm-hmm. but yeah it's um you know i don't i don't think you have to be you know this 
mega church to plant churches. No. I think you need a leadership team. I think you need, um, I love the APES scale. Ephesians 4, we've been talking a lot about yeah. that. I think, man, if you have some, you know, fair representation in that, in that arena, um, you know, and you have a vision, you got to support like a network, yeah. then man, go plant. Yeah. I was talking to a church planter yesterday. And, yeah. Um, he's, their, their plant's been around for a while, um, for, you know, several years. And he was just kind of asking me, um, you know, some, you know, just, uh, my thoughts on their scenario and they've been, um, you know, they started off, I, I think, well, and, and they, they have a diff, little bit of a different approach than, than, than we do in yeah. terms of like their, uh, you know, they've put a lot of, of effort into their, um, you know, corporate gathering and stuff like that. A yeah. Lot of, a lot of, you know, money into that. And they've been kind of just plateauing and basically declining. Mm. And he asked me, you know, like, it was basically, you know, like, what do you, you know, what do you do in that? And, you know, I told him, I sat there and I thought, well, you know, like this is, you know, this is going to sound counterintuitive and, you know, there's probably not very many people that would tell you this, but honestly, I would, I would start, I would start casting a vision, uh, to put all your, ch put, push all your chips in on planning a church. Yeah. I would like, I would cast that vision. I would say we are going to multiply just cause I, I know that, God blesses that. Yeah, I know that it, it's counterintuitive, and you know they they haven't multiplied, you know, before they've been around for a while, and yeah. so, um, you know, and and he was you know kind of talking about how they don't really have you know like there's not a lot of other support besides him for an idea like that, yeah. and I said, you know, I said, well, man, you know, if you start like beating that drum and you start casting that vision, like, and you're serious about it, then that's how you get people. That's how yeah. you attract people to your church who are about that. Yeah. If you don't talk about it and you aren't about it and, and your, and your walk isn't matching your talk. Mm. Like if you're, if you're, if where your, your budget and all your time and energy goes towards, uh, building your service and yeah. growing your church, then it doesn't really matter how much you talk about church planting. Yeah. Your your talk and your walk have to go towards church planting. When you start to do that, uh, number one, yes, you're probably going to lose some people. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you're plateauing and declining, and you're losing people that complain when you want to multiply, then do you really, you know, like? Yeah, I mean, that's so, like I don't know the stuff. But. No, I mean, like that's a tough spot to be in, right? Yep. Because it's a good word, man. It's a great story to share because, like. If you're if you're in that pre-launch stage right now and you're gathering your core team, man, that DNA is so important oh, yeah. that you instill into them because oh, yeah. you know, here's the thing. I mean, uh it's all a faith endeavor. Mm -hmm. Church planning is all a faith endeavor, but you know, if you it, it, I'm not saying like don't have big faith that God wants to launch you big or whatever it might be, you know, but uh, but what happens if that doesn't happen? What if that's not the case? Mm -hmm. What if you're not going to be a church that that starts out of the gate at 300 and mm -hmm or 200 even, or 100, you know, mm -hmm. in some of these really tough places like mm -hmm. Toronto, like, you know, what what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. um, if I'm, I'm not saying, you know, we, we don't, we all have our model preferences. We don't advocate models on this, on this podcast, but we're, we advocate church planning. We champion church planters. Yep. But, but you know, like if, if you're, if you're putting all the emphasis in on your corporate gathering and then your corporate gathering is not growing, it's not getting big. You got to take a step back and say, okay, like, are we being missional? Are mm -hmm. we engaging the harvest? Mm -hmm. Are we making disciples? You know, are we are we making disciples with the people who are coming on Sunday morning? So that and then teaching them how to be missional and engage. Mm -hmm. I met a church planner um, last week, man. I was just so impressed by him, and 
he told me the story. He started this uh, African American guy. He started this church, and um, it attracted a lot of traditional Christians and primarily African-American Christians. And he thought, man, I, I want us to be more diverse, number one. And he said, also, I don't want us to be so Sunday morning centric. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like, I don't, I, I'm going to get this wrong, but it was, it was several years into the plant and it was doing well, but he saw where, how they were bent and where, where the direction they were going. And he killed the thing. Wow. And he, um, he completely shifted his model to be more missional. Um, and they started a second campus. Mm -hmm. Um, eventually so now they do two campuses and i was kind of giving him some encouragement on how to, he, he he drives he preaches at one then drives to the other campus and preaches the other and i said man you got to get out of that as quickly as possible you know yeah. um because you're making it centric around yourself you know it's yeah. going to be personality driven but um but you know even that being said everybody does their own thing they like you know praise god people's lives are being changed but um, but yeah, like I told him, I said, man, I'm proud of you for having the courage to take a step back and say, this isn't what I signed up for. This yep. isn't what I want. Yep. You and know? Sometimes it might take a, you know, like a drastic step like that, yeah. um, you know, depending on where you are. Because, I mean, you know, you can be, you can be, you know, quote unquote, you know, healthy numbers wise. Yeah. And, and you can kind of look like, you know, okay, we've got people coming and you can even have a decent budget and stuff, but, but actually be a very sick yeah. church, you know, when it comes to like. So I'm reading a, a book called Gospel Driven Church by Jared Wilson yeah. right now. Um, you should check it out, by the way. It's really, really good. It's uh, like I know there's lots of books that get written about you know things like that, but this one's this one's unique and different. Yeah. It's like uh, I think a very timely one. And cool. um, he talks a lot about this, and I think the subtitle of the book is like the metrics of grace. Um, yeah, you know, the metrics that matter, and it's just so important because we're we get so transfixed on the metrics that don't really matter. You yeah. know, uh, we measure ourselves by, you know, uh, you know, numbers of, uh, attendance numbers, even like baptism numbers yeah. and, you know, tithes and things like that. Like even baptisms aren't actually the metrics that matter. Like you yeah. don't see in biblically, you don't see church health measured by how many baptisms did you have yeah. this year? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just not a, uh, the, the primary metrics, not that it doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, I don't remember where I was going with that, but well, you should not, get that book. Yeah, I'll look into that. It, it, it's not like, you know, I mean, obviously, if a church is, you know, um, having baptisms and their church is growing, like, you know, we step back and say, okay, this is this is good. Like, we're not saying that. No, but, uh, but I've seen, uh, I've been a part of churches yes. that were running people through <clears throat> baptism tanks like a, yes. like a, like a factory, like a calf but those people were not growing in their faith right. and growing in Christ. So like that yeah. alone yeah. is not an indicator of health yeah. for a church as yeah. well. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and back to multiplication, just because you're baptizing a ton of people doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to multiply. Right. Um, you know, it's uh, multiplication comes through intensive discipleship, you right. know, growing people to be on church planning teams. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to take time to do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what are some excuses or reasons that you hear for not multiplying and how would you respond to them? The Probably the biggest one I hear is we're not big enough. Yeah. Um, that's probably the biggest one I hear. You know, <clears throat> not big enough, don't have a leader. Don't have a leader is a big one. Yeah, and uh, not big enough, don't have a leader, don't have enough money. And so I think... <clears throat> some of those things speak into some of those things speak into model and like what you what you think church is and how you have to operate you know 
Um, I know for us at the fellowships, like we're really advocating church planning teams. Um, so, and we're really advocating co-vocationalism. So if, uh, if a church planner has a income, if a church planner has a salary, you know, when you say money, like not enough money, what is that? You know, like, what are you saying? Um, and and if you say, if you say, well, like we have to rent facilities, we have to do this, we have to have money for signage, marketing, da, 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 you know, operating expenses. Like I get that. We're not against that. You know, take time though. Yeah. You know, you're one thing we've learned is it's like a good, it's like a good soup. It's like mm-hmm. a good stew. It takes time. Yeah. You know, the best ribs, the best barbecue is slow cooked all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same with church planners. We're discovering, you know, you, yeah. I'm not saying that you got to put a time frame or a window on a guy and his, and his, and his wife and their family. But I'm saying like, just work cautiously, cautiously through that. Mm-hmm. So to get back to your question, like what prevents it? Well, people say, well, I don't have a leader. Well, have you looked? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, have you looked? Have you got on your knees and really asked the Lord? Mm-hmm. Because we believe, people ask me this all the time. Where do your leaders come from? Where do church planners come from? The The first place I, I, I just will believe this till Jesus calls me home is they come from the harvest. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I came from the harvest. You came from the harvest. Every Billy Graham came from the harvest. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever your hero in the faith is, they came from the harvest. Somebody shared the gospel with somebody else, you know, Charles Spurgeon got saved that night. And, you know, um, it was his testimony, right? He walked into that little church on the snow and, yep. and I mean, so he got saved from the harvest and there he is, there he is the little bobblehead Spurgeon. My, my bobblehead Spurgeon. I've always had a finny for short fat men. Um, people say, why is Spurgeon one of your favorite preachers? I was like, I think we would have gotten along good. We share body types. We share body types. <laughs> he enjoyed cigars. But yeah, I think, so here's the thing, man, you know, money. So money, we don't have enough money. Well, what do you need the money for? Like if you're doing like a big time attractional thing and you're bringing in a church planner, that's from somebody else's pipeline or training system. Does not make mm-hmm. sense? Then yeah, you might need a lot of money. Yep. Um, I personally believe I'm not saying that that model has to completely die. I'm saying that we want that for our for our house. We want that to be the anomaly. We believe yeah. that in order to get to movement and to get to third, fourth, fifth, sixth generation church planning, we're going to have to do it with guys that are local, mm-hmm. guys that have jobs, the mm-hmm. guys that work. We see this all across the world. You know what I mean? How how churches are being planted. Very few. There's very few professional pastors. And some of the places where the gospel is spreading rapidly right now, right. it's just our model. It's our North American model, which we've adopted from Europe yep. and we've taken it. We, you know, um, you ask people, wh- wh- how, where do you get your model for church planning? Where do you get your idea for what church is? And everybody says X, everybody says the Bible, but yeah, really we're guess. influenced from Europe yeah, in North America. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. Yep. I agree. Um, I think that the um, wanted to kind of circle back to we don't have a leader, you know. Like I think yeah. that that's that may be the most common one. I think for yeah. for for guys that genuinely want to plant, like they genuinely want to multiply, yeah. um, but they feel like, well, but how am I going to multiply if I right. don't have a church planner? How am I going to multiply if I don't have a leader? Yeah. And so you know, like uh, you know, you you've already kind of mentioned like you know. Sometimes you need to go find them in the harvest. Mm. Uh, oftentimes you need to develop them. Uh, yeah. You might not, you know, uh, maybe they are there. Maybe they yeah. are in your church. I think a lot of times we can overlook people or 
Like one of the things uh, I think mistakes that we can make is assuming that somebody is going to say no and they wouldn't want to plan a church. Right. Like, oh, well, you know, that guy, you know, I mean, he's got a, he's got a six figure job as an engineer and we just kind of immediately dismiss it as like not even a possibility, yeah. even though like, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's grown in his faith and, you know, he's eager to continue to learn yeah. and develop his spiritual gifts. How do you know he might not plan a church? Like, yeah. like, have you asked him, you know? Well, I like, think the way we've gone about it has been detrimental to us. Yeah. Right. Because like, take that guy that makes six figures. Mm-hmm. No, what have we done? I, I literally had a conversation in the same scenario mm-hmm. with a leader a couple months ago. Yeah. Great career, great job, really feels called to ministry. He has this urge to want to be in ministry full time and to want to go to seminary and do all these things. And I said, brother, he said, what would you advise me? I said, do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Keep your job. Keep getting mentored. Keep getting discipled. Keep growing in your faith. If you feel led to a theological education, take classes online. Yep. Technology is wonderful these days. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get all the things that you need. Why do you need to quit your job? Yeah. And this is what, you know, Jeff Christopherson talks about all the time. You know, what, what we've done, we've, we've divided the, 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 the sacred and the secular. Mm-hmm. We've said, I, you think know, I, know, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you is do. It? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've met right. him before. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but, you know, he's an amazing guy. He's got a great, yeah, awesome great, guy. great leadership mm-hmm. uh, potential, man. A huge ceiling. I shout, shout out to this mystery person. You know who yes, you are. Yes, mystery shopper. What if it's like, what if we're like thinking of different <laughs> we're people? Not. Know, we're not. We're thinking of the same person. This I guy's in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. No, he's not. I know he's. I know. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> so, so you don't know anybody in yeah. South Dakota. Yeah. No, I don't. You might actually. But 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 um the the whole point is is that you know we've told those kind of guys you know in the past like you just got to quit doing your job and you got to do this. Well, why do we do that? Well, we do that because if you're going to be the lead planter, you're going to be the lead guy, then you need all this time to devote, da 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 mm-hmm. But if we're team planting, this guy over here has got a business, and this guy over here, maybe he is part-time, and mm-hmm. the church pays him a little bit, and this and this guy over here is an administrator, and this mm-hmm. guy over here, and you plant it with the team, yep. which, oh yeah, by the way, that's what God designed. Yep. you know. And yes, you're going to have one or two Bible teachers mm-hmm. that are going to do the... Prim- the, the majority of your Bible teaching and they're gonna they're gonna team up and do that. And so I I just think it all these questions of multiplication and stuff, I think a lot of it gets back to team planting, co-vocationalism. Because yeah, I I get that problem. Who are we get who are we gonna plant church with? I don't have a leader. When we say I don't have a leader, you're you're putting somebody in your mind. Yeah. You you you're you're like the you're thinking of the mythical like five-fold you know like the five-tool baseball player mm-hmm. you, uh, those dudes are rare right yep. like you're you're thinking of that guy yep. you're thinking of the guy that can preach mm-hmm. you, you know you're thinking of the like i mean he preaches like john piper he shares the gospel like john wesley mm-hmm. you know he he's a theologian like spurgeon you know you, you, you're thinking all these these people mm-hmm. in your mind and i think we've got to go away from that yeah and because from the beginning we're setting people up for failure mm-hmm. even in that way mm-hmm. so churches don't multiply because in their minds, nobody's good enough. Yeah. Nobody's nobody went to seminary. Nobody's got a master's divinity. Nobody knows the Bible like I know it. But if you're preparing that guy, then you then you won't have those worries. Yeah. So let's let's talk about just we kind of close up the uh, this episode. Some practical steps that church planners can take early on to increase the likelihood that they will plant a daughter church. Um, as uh, Clint Clifton talks about how. 
um, the patterns that you and standards that you set early yeah. on will last long into your future. So, and, and you did allude to this earlier that if you don't, if you don't um, talk about this and beat this drum from day one, and then you expect to somehow to make it a part of your culture and who you are as a church, you know, like a year in or two years in, yeah. it may be too late, honestly, yeah. uh, to really be able to do it. And so it's so important to establish this yeah. from the very beginning. So what are some practical things that church planners can do as they get started in the early yeah. days to establish this? Give your people a, give your people a vision for the Father's heart. Yeah. Take them back to the Father's heart. What's the Father's heart? Jesus said he leaves the 99 to pursue the one. That's what church planning is. Church planning is about evangelism. Church planning is about going and starting a church where there's nothing there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, give your people that vision. It's a missional vision. It's, it, it, it's, it's, church planning is God's design to reach the world. I believe that. That's why I do it. And let your people be on fire for that. If your people don't, if you don't transfer that vision to your people, it can stick with you. You can be, Red hot on fire for Jesus. You can be passionate about it until Jesus comes back. But if nobody else gets it, you're dead in the water. Mm-hmm. You've got to transfer that vision to people. So from day one, you got to start doing that. You got to pray. You got to. Maybe you're listening to this and you're saying, "Man, I talk about multiplication, but my people just aren't getting it." Pray. Yeah. Pray that God would bring people into your life that have a heart for multiplication. Pray that God would bring partners. You know, when I look at our story, man, our partnership, they they get this vision. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't say like, why aren't you running 500 yet? They don't ask me those kinds of questions. Like now they'll ask, when are we going to plan again? Mm-hmm. But you know, you need an army of people behind you that embrace that vision. Mm-hmm. So pray, ask God to, to bring those, those people with you. But yeah, from day one, really emphasize it. I, I love what Clint says there. That's so good. I, I completely agree. Yeah, I think you need to talk about it a lot too. I think that it needs to be in your, you need to work it somehow in like your mission statement and vision um, and your values. Like it needs to be a part of the language that, you know, you need to talk about it up front yeah. from the stage. You need to, you need to, to talk about it when you're preaching. Um, you need to have, you know, talk about it in your small groups. You need to talk about it in your announcements, yeah. everything that you do, you need to constantly be talking about church planning, church planning, church planning, mm-hmm. multiplication, 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 so that people just, uh, it's second nature for yeah. your church where you're just always talking about it. Uh, I, I really feel like, um, I, like honestly, one of the things that I would do differently, um, uh, you know, if I could start over with Fellowship Oshawa is I would have been more intentional about literally like saying the words church planting more often. Yeah. Because we talked a lot about like multiplication, about, uh, you know, outreach and things like that. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, anybody that knows our church knows is that we've got this culture of like evangelism yeah. at our church where people don't question it. It's just a part of what we do and mm-hmm. who we are. And uh, it's really cool yeah. because we talked about it all, and we still do all the time, you know, yeah. always yeah. talking about it and always looking for ways to do a better job of it. And so I've seen the power of that yeah. and uh, how it can, how it can create culture. Yeah. And it's the same with church planting. You know, Absolutely. You plant man. churches. You've got to, you got to talk about it and then you've got to, you've got to celebrate it too. You yes. know, like you, you replicate what you celebrate. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, any, you know, celebrating stories where disciples are multiplied, um, you know, man, I, I think about when I remember one time we tried to do, we tried to go into a new community for Easter and, and, uh, 
did like a preview service kind of thing. And, you know, I didn't know anything. It, it, I still feel like I don't know anything most days, but like, you know, I definitely didn't know anything back then. And, you know, I, I thought, well, we'll go in there and kind of do a preview service. We got a little bit of momentum in that area, you know, and we'll take some people from there and try to start something, you know, and it didn't really, didn't really pan out. Although we want to plan a church there someday in that community. But what was really cool about that is I specifically remember we had one, two, three, four, five people who didn't have personal relationship with Christ from fellowship Pickering go out there with us to to help run like our kids ministries and set up yeah. and tear down and stuff and people ask me that all the time like what's up with that like why would lost people go with mm -hmm. you you know it's like because you're giving them a vision that this yeah. is a good thing and they're mm -hmm. tracked with us some of those people came to christ some of them fell away you know as people do um but you know that's that's a good image to think through i always remember that you know what i mean mm -hmm. Because we have something to offer people that this world can't offer. Yeah. And so when they get a taste of the kingdom, like they're ruined, right? Mm -hmm. And they they see like, wow, this is the real deal because we believe it. Um, you know, you said something you would do differently. I know something I would do differently is the intentionality. You know, I look back and I feel like I missed on a couple guys. Mm -hmm. um, there's three things that I always, always, always try to do on a regular basis. Yeah. And it's invite inspire and encourage mm -hmm. when in terms of discovering church planners. So inviting, seeing it in somebody's life, inviting them into a, a relationship that mm -hmm. where we can develop them to become a church planner, inspire them to get a vision for their life mm -hmm. of what this could look like to move into a place and, mm -hmm. and, and say the gospel is here and then encourage mm -hmm. like follow up with them, you know, stay, stay connected with mm -hmm. them. But I look back on that early, those early days, man. And you know, I'd have guys come and say, man, this is a great vision. Like, mm -hmm. would you teach me how to plan a church? And I said, ah, sure. Yeah. You know, it's like, come hang out with me. And yeah. I just didn't know any better. You know, I didn't, we didn't have any pipeline. We didn't have any system. We have yeah. those things now. We have yeah. infrastructure now. Yeah, and that's one of the other things I was going to say for, you know, practical steps. Yes. That you can take is you need a pipeline. And uh, so, which, you know, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about when we talk about a pipeline is you need some sort of plan and system in place where you can say, you can put it on paper and give it somebody to say, here's how we will take somebody from lost person on the street, right? Who yeah. doesn't know Jesus to a church planter being sent out. Do you have a process yeah. that you can point to and say, here are the steps that we will bring that person along through. If you don't, then one of the most important things that you could do after you turn this episode off is start working on that yeah, and start putting that together and reach out to us. We'll give you resources. Yep, um, absolutely. You know, the other thing too, in every, kind of backtrack everybody ask about yep. you know we don't have any leaders mm -hmm. well who do you have in your bullpen right now mm -hmm. like I, we use this language all the time in the fellowships if we don't have people that we're developing right now why in the world why in, why in, why in the world would we think that five years from now we're going to plant another six churches by mm -hmm. then like why mm -hmm. we're not developing anybody i yeah. mean we are right now but i'm saying if we weren't so you have to look at who's in your bullpen who are you preparing who 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 are you training who who are you modeling things to who yep. who are you teaching how to preach who are you teaching how to do evangelism mm -hmm. you know and and that's what i think prevents churches from multiplication the most it's mm -hmm. not money it's not size it's it's not of that size. it's mm -hmm. it's lack of developing mm -hmm. you're not developing people yeah you know there's and then an, an edge, because as you develop them, you have to educate them about what church planning is. Because mm -hmm. people have in their minds, oh, I'm not that guy. I can't be that superstar guy. 
that gets up in front of 500 people on launch Sunday and give this uh, God inspiring message, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you have to educate them what it means to be on a church planning team. Mm -hmm. And maybe they are that guy. Praise God. You can develop them too. Yep. But I'm convinced that's why we don't multiply the number one reason, Mm -hmm. because we don't have a, we don't have a process like you said, from loss to leader. Yep. I don't think we're intentional about it. And you know, like you, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that, that says it right there. That really explains a lot of our failure to be able to multiply. So yeah. One thing, I know we're going to wrap up this episode. Um, one thing that's, we talk about all the time in the network, you know, and we, we kind of have really good conversations about this is, is your discipleship process is not the same as your leadership development process. Mm-hmm. So you know, we, so everybody deserves to be discipled, but is everybody going to be a church planter? Probably not. But, but you, but you know, so I'll just kind of throw that out there for you guys to think about, Mm -hmm. because, you know, for me, I always thought that way. I always thought we're going to bring them into this option relationship and I'm going to see if they're a church planter, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's bad. I think it's how I'm wired and gifted, Mm -hmm. but, 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 you know, 60 year old and Edna needs to be discipled. Yeah. She's probably not going to be a church planter. Maybe, yeah. maybe she'll be on the church maybe playing team, but, um, but can your aunt in the preach? No, she can't. She's not any good. Not a lot. She's not allowed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, send your emails to Jared Huntley at, not just Jared. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, uh, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh yeah. Well, I was just going to say like, um, you know, uh, the other thing too, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with you know, like discipling people to see if, you know, maybe like God's called them to be a church planner. Like, you know, um, speaking of, of, you know, I I mentioned him a little bit earlier, but Clint Clifton, you know, is one of the things that I've observed about what they're doing is that he will, he's not afraid to ask somebody, you know, have you, Hey, have you thought about planting a church? And that's why they planted so many churches. And that's why they've multiplied is because they're very intentional about it. They also have a plan and stuff like that. Absolutely. you know, it's just like I and I remember like one of the guys we've got in our uh, network right now, um, Josh. Yeah. Uh, you know, we he showed up at a evangelism training. Yeah. Uh, that we had that was it wasn't just for our network. We kind of hosted it. But we had people from all over. Yeah. And I just remember meeting him and hearing him, you know, start to talk about how he wanted to plant a church. And he was at a he was at another church in the area, but was kind of frustrated because he wasn't, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, being developed or anything like that. And I, and he, you know, started talking about how I, yeah, you know, I started a Bible study in my house and I was like, <laughs> hold on. I was like, can we meet for coffee? Cause yeah. I was like, and I just, I met him and I was like, yeah. Dude, you want to plant a church with us? And, yeah. and you know, the rest is history. Right. And yeah. I introduced him to you and now, you know, he's yeah. like, he's, he's poised to, to do that. So Several of our cool. guys right now, we just said, Hey, do you want to plant a church? I mean, yeah. so many times it's not about lowering the bar. Like some people are going to listen. It's like, wow, you guys just lower the bar. Anybody can plant church. It's not about lowering the bar. It's about lowering the accessibility Mm -hmm. to church planning. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we, we've, we've really in North America, I really believe that we have, we, we have an idea of who that church planner is. And if they don't fit that, that bill, then Mm -hmm. they can't plant. And we're, we're, we're limiting ourselves, you know, we're neutering ourselves. (laughs) Sorry, I had to say. I don't that. think we're neutering ourselves. So no, 
Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of In the Trenches. As always, if you have never subscribed to In the Trenches, could you please do that? Yeah, like, why not? Hey, and did you know that we're actually on Spotify now? Wow. Uh, yeah, so if, for those of you, you Spotify fans, um, you can now find us there on Spotify. We're also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Make sure that you uh, subscribe, though, and would you leave us a rating? When you leave a, a written review and a five-star rating, it helps increase the visibility of In the Trenches so that we can get this podcast into the hands of more church planners. So that way, when people search for church planning podcasts, they find ours and they don't find the bad ones. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so no, there's a lot of great church planning podcasts out there, but we happen to think that ours is, we got some good stuff. Yeah. Got some good stuff on here. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We're going to be back next Monday with another episode. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners. Church planners.